0: You're listening to Very Loose Women.
1: Hello and welcome to Very Loose Women and to our new season. I'm Soyla and I'm here with Jenny and Samia. On this episode, we're going to be talking about domesticity, the home life and family life and how we might find that definition through art. But first, we'll start with celebrations and frustrations. I'm going to start with Jenny. Jenny um
0: I'm gonna go for celebration um I as I've already told you <laughs> I've moved um we are filming this in my flat or recording it in my flat um and yeah it's nice it's like uh I'm still in like settling in mode like figuring out where thing is I'm completely bruised because I keep like being disorientated and like not <laughs> like hitting my bed and my doors because I'm like this wasn't a door frame here in my like last flat um so I look a bit mad at the moment but it's still a celebration it's like lovely being somewhere new i'm a big i'm a big fan of
1: change so i like being somewhere new yeah and i i think being somewhere new you get to kind of redecorate almost yeah yeah I particularly like
0: moving in september like i will never even though i've obviously been out of school a while it always feels like like new like new year like going back to school like yeah. <laughs> like i always see september more of like new year no me, new me than like january <laughs> and so like moving as well i was like oh this feels like a nice like,
1: start for yeah, change, which good. has been really lovely, yeah. It's a really nice, it's a really nice flat too. Thank you. I mean, you yeah. have to
0: say that. You're- <laughs> yeah, because I managed to walked in, you were like, this is, this is awful. I <laughs> <you>. but, <laughs> I'm glad you like I'm like it.
1: <laughs> and, um, I'll go second, and I'm going to talk about skincare. Because, as listeners know, um, I talk about my eye eczema, um, which came up very suddenly and out of the blue, um... Mm-hmm. And I woke up this morning and I had, my eyes were really red and puffy, almost as if I'd been punched in the face kind of puffy. Like it was really disturbing. And kind of like, oh, they feel, and when you haven't looked in the mirror yet, but you're kind of waking up and you rub your eyes and I, I was like, that feels, feels weird. Um, but kept doing it because I was like, oh, I'm tired. I'm, you know, want to rub your eyes. Um, and then saw my eyes in the mirror and was like, what um and I think the other thing is that I can't figure out what it was that created that reaction so that's my frustration my frustration is puffy eyes and no explanation I always think I found the explanation or it's that face pack or it's that serum I put on my face but it never is and yeah it's a it's a tough one (laughs) Samia um
2: I'd probably say Well, I also agree with the skin condition thing Mm. because I wake up every single day and there's always something on my face that I don't want to be there. And I'm just like, okay, at this point I'm just going to live with you. Like, we can just be friends. Um, (laughs) But I always blame it on sugar. But um, Mm. yeah, I think I'm going to go frustration too. I had a really weird Friday night where there was like a friend's birthday party and for some reason the dog was anxious and ended up biting a guy's face. Right there. And it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It sounds really dramatic. Like you can imagine like police sirens and everything kinda of going off. It wasn't. It was really calm, but it was like just kind of like it vibrated through the weekend where everyone was just talking about this thing all the time about this dog biting
1: Liam's face. Sorry, Liam. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Was there any was there blood? Was it was he alright? There was blood, but it was only a little bit.
2: I think that it was one of those situations where you have like, you know, a massive dog who is quite anxious and there's a lot of people mm. and it reacted so been the highlight of conversation in my friendship group for the past couple of the days. The yeah. Too. So for like that's what I'm I keep thinking about. I called my dad and I was like, Dad, you know I saw a dog bit a guy's face and he was like, oh my God, no. No, samia no I I was like, yeah no, it's mad. So yeah, I just keep telling everyone. <laughs> that's yeah. my
1: frustration. Your frustration on behalf, of <laughs> your, behalf of your friend. <laughs> yeah. On behalf of my friend. <laughs> Well, on that unfortunate for Liam note, um, (laughs) we hope he gets well. Um, But we're going to move on to our topic for today, which is on defining domesticity. Um, I'm going to keep questioning whether I'm saying that right. Because it's not, I was like, I'm going to say this wrong. (laughs) It's not a word that you say in everyday, everyday life. Um, But um, my guests are Jenny and Samia um, from Lemon House Theatre. Um, which for the keen listeners, we first met Jenny on a show from last year where we talked about mental health. Um, But now you're about to talk about two shows that you've both written and are putting on, which is really, really great. Um, So the first show is called Different Sand, and that's written by Samia. Um, And that's about two British Algerian sisters. And the second, Willow, which is written by Jenny, um, follows a woman post-breakup um and i think we should start off by looking more generally at domestic life um relationships settling down um the family these things have changed a lot over the last 50 years and inspired these plays um what is it about that theme that interests you so much um i think like being a woman from such a
2: young age you know you're given like a baby born doll you know when you're like two years old and I was thinking about that the other day and how weird it is to be given like a baby doll as a young Mm. child like it just kind of I understand sometimes it's just a doll but then sometimes it kind of is there to kind of put into your mind that this is your future this is what you're going to do and like I think if you just went from that point of like from a young age I've always been told like you'll be a mother one day like you'll have kids one day and you'll have you know like a house life one day and you get older and especially coming from like a mixed background where you know my family's Muslim my dad's Algerian I've never had pressure put on me but it's definitely been this kind of unspoken expectation and it's definitely kind of fed into how I view myself and how my views of myself have changed growing up so I always thought when I was younger I was like I'm gonna have five kids and I'm gonna have a house and I'm gonna do this and I got older and I was like oh I don't really want any of those things not especially not now and I'm 26 and I'm just like couldn't imagine it at all so it really bled into the idea of like making these plays and writing about the home life as well but I've definitely seen my own views and opinions of myself change through not wanting the life that was kind of sold to me from like the age of like two years old you know Um, I don't know about you (laughs) and like it's like the idea of also what being a woman in the home
0: means like I was told that that very much like what you say from a really young age that that meant like you know you were there to like do do the housework and you were there to look after the kids and all those things but like with putting these plays together we didn't want it to be like let's run away from the idea of women in the home because that's always really patronized. so we were like okay how can we redefine that because like, to both of us, like, a woman in the home is, like, hilarious. It's, like, hanging out with your friends and your family and, like, telling jokes and doing stupid things and, like, filling the house with, like, laughter. And so we wanted to show, like, that idea of woman in the home, which is, like, just as valid as, like, a woman, you know? Like, if she, like, wants to have a family and wants to do a housework, like, like of course, like, do, do what you want to do. But, like, we want to show that there's more than one ways to, like, be a woman in the home. It's not, like, this is the correct mold to fit in. But, like, when I grew up, my mum my was the one who went out to work, my dad... Will stay at home, um, but like, but yeah, I remember like really vividly. I think I told you this before. When I was like <laughs> nine or ten, my dad was like, um, he said he's much. He's if he if he's listening to this, he's much more like um, like on it with gender quality now. But let's just say he wasn't so much when I was younger, um, and like I remember making him a PowerPoint presentation when I discovered what PowerPoint was when I was nine and doing like special effects on it of being like, this is why women aren't equal. And like, <laughs> and, like I had like graphs that were definitely like incorrect. And I had like all these bullet points that were like whizzing with like, you know, like a star, like a star wipe. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is why women aren't equal. Like women are told they need to stay at the home. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know why I was so aware of that when I was nine. Um, <laughs> But I seem to not not let the idea go. I'm still wearing, still wearing plays about it. Still doing stuff. And there's a presentation in the play. I really yeah, love a PowerPoint. A there's a pre- not about gender equality. Okay. It's like a very, like, uh, meant to be a like, handmade presentation with, like, Comic Sans font of, like, nice. about this breakup. But I'm only just realizing now how much I love PowerPoint. And, like, because it's meant to be messy, it's, like, got all the animations in.
1: Excellent. <laughs> just come for the presentation. <laughs> <Don't> come for <laughs> the play.
0: Just come for the presentation.
1: It's great. <laughs> it's really interesting to see um father figures who maybe at the time when you were younger and you're you're kind of first learning about feminism and gender equality and you're like wow this is also new and it's also it's so bad that this doesn't you know we don't have gender equality or something um I don't mean to be flippant when I say or something (laughs) Um, but um to see you know people grow and kind of learn as well especially in kind of as an older generation with now where things are so discussed and we talk about lgbt issues a lot and we talk about race issues and class issues and um it's nice to see people grow i think especially those figures who are very influential in your life um but yeah that was just as as, as a side remark um yeah. yeah but these plays do put women in the kind of forefront of the play um or kind of forefront of the production um could you talk more about um the stories that you've written and um why it's so important for those figures to to be kind of strong women but also tread that line of what domestic life is
2: Um, Well, I wrote Different Sand and it's, it basically is a story of two sisters, Amira and Linda, who are mixed race, English, Algerian. And they're living in kind of like a dingy little flat in North London where all the Algerians are. Um, And it follows them through Amira wanting to get married. She's hit that point where she's like, I wanna marry a nice Algerian man. I want that lifestyle. And Linda finds herself in conflict in that because she she really just identifies as a Londoner. She doesn't really wanna identify as anything else. Mm. But at the same time, she has this craving for her cultural identity as being Algerian. And that's really what it focuses on. It is in the home. They go out the home sometimes, which you'll have to use your imagination for. <laughs> um, but it's, it's for me, it was about taking two Algerian British women and letting them have their say. You know, these these are two sisters. I have a sister. And my sister's actually full Algerian. We're, we're half sisters. But she's my sister nonetheless Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say I focused on our relationship at all but definitely fed into it but these women are kind of two parts of myself and I I was like you know these these conversations they're having in the home these are the conversations as Jenny said earlier like these are the conversations that matter to everyone and as a woman you're you're fed this idea that you know you're just kind of doing cat talk I've heard it been rephrased to Mm -hmm. before and I'm like well what does that even mean this is just two women who are complex and hilarious in my opinion like that's my own life but like you know (laughs) they're hello you know but you know the point of it was that it's a comedy these two women aren't just complaining for an hour even if they were they can if they want but they're not just complaining they're they're funny, they're having funny conversations, they're joking around, they have each other's backs constantly, even when they're arguing and they hate each other. There's a constant sense of like, these two women love each other and no one influenced that, no one made them, no one took anything away from them to do that, they just do it because they they do. And I think so rarely we see women just have been there for each other, but we're always there for each Mm -hmm. other, do you know what I mean? So I think it's so important to see, whether I wrote it, whether Jenny wrote it, any woman wrote it, to see women just, Being themselves, telling voice in themselves, you know what I mean. So that was where mine kind of come from, but also the idea of taking Algerian story. I have never seen Algerian women on a stage in this city before in my life, and it's the life I've lived from birth till now. Why haven't I seen it? And so I was like, we just, I'm just gonna do it. Like I'm gonna put it myself. And so that was not only important to me but necessary and the amount of Algerian women I've spoken to are like, I'm coming to the play, I'm so excited to see it. It's literally opened my eyes even more Mm. to the fact that people don't even, I don't think people even know how much representation they want until it's offered to them. Mm. So that's been really why we've done it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, and then I've written Willow and it's um, about Gabby and Lottie, who are ex-girlfriends, and the play starts, like, you know they've broken up. I've not just like sport
2: sport at <laughs> <laughs> like, the end they break up short
0: um and like gabby's like main character and it's her like telling telling the story of their breakup but like so the reason the presentation comes into it is it's like very much an overthinker's guide to a breakup like the presentation on the background of the show will say like meet the parents and first dates. So you're like seeing these scenes from their lives um but it's like not like you know a really bitter play it's like a, it's a comedy as well and it's to do with you know that stereotype of, like women are overthinking everything and all of that stuff and I was like okay I want to play with that I want to play with like overanalyzing a situation and like what that actually means and why we do it and also that it's not like a bad character trait often it's like oh you know like women like they're overthinking this too much they're too sensitive blah, blah, blah. and I wanted to be like okay actually like it's like a very human thing to be like I want to understand this situation and also Gabby clearly has, like, a very one-sided view of this breakup. And so, like, as the show goes on, as an audience, you start to be, like, okay, so, like, maybe this isn't all, like, 100% accurate. Maybe there's some subjectivity in there. And, like, the reason that we overthink and we talk about, like, how we talk to our friends as well about breakups and, like, how we portray ourselves like the hero of our own story. Um, I wanted to kind of, like, question that and be like, okay, let's see how this plays out in, like, a breakup. Um, and I kind of did it on a breakup because we wanted to do like our most important relationships Mm -hmm. Um, and also I just think it like it sounds bad but I kind of think breakups are really funny like obviously they're awful um, but also like that's kind of why they're so funny is because they're so they have to be like you kind of lost this person it's like a very melodramatic thing to happen but like then you look back at it and you're like, oh my god, I cared like way too much no, about this thing. Yeah, yeah. So like I want like you kind of laugh with Gabby being like, okay, and she does like impressions yeah. of her ex-girlfriend and like make, makes her into a bit of a stereotype herself. And like similar to what Sammy has said as well, like I really wanted it to be about queer women because I've rarely seen them on stage. Um, I saw the first thing with queer women with you yeah. a couple of years ago when I moved to London, and they have still only seen like two two things, which by the same company as well. But yeah. um, and so I want, and also I didn't want to be like this is a story about queer women. They're going to have difficulty coming out and you're going to see them struggle and then they'll probably die. <laughs> 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 Which is like usually what happens. And so I like, instead, it, like they never, they never come out, like obviously they're out, but like they never, they never, it's not like a part of the show. Mm. They're not like a, they don't struggle with their sexuality. It's like, I don't ignore the fact that they're queer women. Like there's various jokes in it. Um, mm. They're like very, that I think you'll get probably slightly more of a queer woman. But um, I didn't want to be like, they have to like justify the fact that that they're, that they're two women, um, and again, like similar to what Simon said, the reaction from like queer people, queer women particularly, like wanting that representation has been really lovely. Mm. Um, and I wanted to be like a strong, like these characters are strong women, but they're also like deeply flawed women. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that's really important. Like strong doesn't have to mean, you know, she's act exactly like a man, like she's like a stereotype of a man, like she's super tough. Like, da, da, da. like the characters can be a bit annoying. They're a bit like vulnerable, um, like very messy, <laughs> and like it takes place kind of in. Gabby's room but obviously like you're moving around when you're going like through the scenes of their breakup but like it's all technically kind of in her head so like you're in her room and she's very much inviting you into her world and so i wanted to like play with the the domestic idea of well as well like some someone's own personal world um and like what happens when you're like invited into to that like private sphere of someone's life as well mm-hmm.
1: It's it's interesting when you kind of have it from the perspective of post breakup and the humour in that. Um I'm in the process of moving and have discovered the kind of box of the kind of the ex the ex's <laughs> letters and I and then like rereading them and I'm like, Wow, this this is like I'm so sorry it had to be like this and it's like I hope you can forgive me and it's like oh wow this it's so it's strange to look at that kind of post the fact, Um but uh so I think lots of people can relate to that but also when you're talking about having that visual representation um, there's lots of things now which um, you will see and it can make you having that representation is incredibly emotional so to bring that onto stage when it comes to um, two women in a relationship also but not centering it around them being two women in a relationship and then um, to mixed race um algerian sisters and that relationship and also the the way that you um you've said that the stories that you have these opposites you've got one of the sisters who is um wants to have have that more traditional domestic life and the other one who doesn't and that's a really interesting angle Mm -hmm. as well those are all kind of themes that are very important to the shows and kind of that representation very important to the shows was there what was it that really kind of made you think this is what I want to write about or did they come through in kind of naturally um, these are the things that are closest to me you can really put your heart into the writing of it.
2: For me, I think I really struggled with what the story was going to be because I had the characters in my head from the beginning. Mm. And I think because I studied creative writing at uni and like I dropped out of my psychology degree and went and did the arts degree that no immigrant parent ever wants you to do. <laughs> but you do it anyway because, you know, you're a rebel without a cause. Um, <laughs> but I I found when I was studying that I had this really deep interest in writing women kind of like myself and for a while i was like oh i shouldn't do this like i shouldn't write what i know because i should i should go and i should you know study other people and i should do all of this and that's all well and good but really when you go to the heart of a story i think you need to have a connection to it i remember watching um like it was at coco that came out like last year and i remember at the end of the film i think they said they had like a cultural team and i was like okay that's cool but like the right like you could have just hired a bunch of, like, Mexican writers and, and got that actually, like, and it, you know, it's even having that there, they, they had something. But there was that point of it, you know, is that they had to have that to make it feel like it was properly going to represent this young kid in this movie. And I I kind of felt like, okay, well, if anyone's going to write these characters, I actually can, and I have the right to do it. And so they really came from that, like, me wanting to do it, like and feeling like I had the right to do it as well. Um... And then the story was the struggle for me because there's so much to say. And you kind of go, okay, where am I focusing on? Like, what part of these women's life could I possibly narrow down to an hour? And I kind of, every have redrafted it like so many times, but it got to the point where I was like, no, I really want to write a comedy. And like, I like the idea of women being funny on stage. And I like the idea of that representation doesn't have to go as far as the word representation, yeah. that you can just have these two women being Algerian and hilarious and women and it's just, you know, it's just that and um, I think when we were both writing them, there was this constant thought of like write what you know because it's yours to write about, you know, and that's what it meant for me, really like, you you kind of I don't. i'm i really i'm really bad at writing heterosexual relationships
0: like part of the reason they're two gay women is because i can't write straight relationships i don't know if you've read maybe i don't know if you've read anything have i ever written anything with straight people i don't know i've never I don't written think...
2: anything with straight people and i yeah. love it
0: so like s- side note before I, came, before I came out um i've never come out to my sister because um, my sister assumed that I was queer because she'd read my writing and I'd only ever written about women, and she was like, "Well, she's she's obviously gay." <laughs> like, and so I've just my sister just assumed I was like, "Yeah, you're 100 percent correct." Um, and it meant when I when I did come out to everyone else, they were like, "Yeah, you have that vibe about you." And I was like <laughs> cool, sound. Um, I take it as a as a compliment, but yeah. So essentially, I I, I can't write I can't write characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I just I find I find it a lot easier to write women, um, because also like the the dynamic I just understand a bit more. Like even not in like a romantic context, like I understand the like that your closest person in your life to you is women. Like that I just understand a lot more. Um, because that's always been like, how like how it's been in my life. Mm. Um, and so, like, the you could do this play and you could, apart from, like, a few jokes that so are quite specific to the fact it's, like, a female relationship, you could, like, switch out the sexuality of the characters if you wanted to. Um, like, it's not, a, it's not been, like, really written into it. Um, but I think that's a really nice thing. That it's, like, and when we first had our meeting with, like, the theatre, the, theater, the bunker that we're putting on with, um, I said that, I was like, oh, and, like, you can switch out the sexuality of the characters. Like, it's really not, like, it's about queer women, but I didn't want them to... I don't know, I didn't want them to think that, like, really expect that I was going to be, like, really helpful. for level and, like, I want everyone to know that this is, like, da-da-da, like, I wanted them to know that it was just, like, accidental to the story and I wanted it to not be a big deal. Um, and the artist-director of the bunker was like, oh, no, like, definitely keep it, Queer women." I was like, oh, I'm not going to change it. Like, I I can't, I can't write any other way. Um, but, like, it was important There was, yeah, like, an accidental queer theory rather than, like, you know, like, really... I don't know like writing something that wasn't authentic like it feels like it's my own experience and the experience also like the the actors and the directors are all queer women and so like it's all like a really nice rehearsal room because none of us are having to like justify it or like having to explain to like an actor's why like women like women like you don't have to do that because you're like yeah I get it and so like it's it's been really nice and really like like you feel immediately relaxed when you're in like a space like that um and yeah because like it's like Algerian people telling their own story and queer people telling their own story it's just like all the stories feel
2: very genuine which would be really lovely we've had the same thing with different sand where like myself as the writer and co-producer and then the director the assistant director and both actors are all half Algerian Mm. and the conversations we've had in the room together when we'd like we'll take a 15 minute break and then that conversation I have never in my life been able to have that conversation the similarities and some of the like cultural identity issues and even some like shared trauma and then some of the really funny things like being able to have that conversation has meant that the whole process of rehearsing it from writing it to putting it on stage all of it together has felt really for lack of a better word authentic and it's felt like hopefully anyone who it feels like they're part of that story who they have themselves represented on stage will feel like they actually are represented on stage and not just like a imitation of themselves but rather an actual like something they would actually say. stuff and i think whether you're writing about queer women whether you're writing about your own cultural identity i think there's this ability sometimes to live up to a stereotype i've definitely seen that in writing sometimes where people they're writing about themselves but because they don't have a canon of work to go by they'll go see one or two things and they might end up stereotyping themselves and I think that's something you can really fall into and that's something we were quite conscious of I think going into it that we were gonna just write these characters and not what people expect these characters to be. Mm-hmm. So there's not gonna be any queer women coming out. They're already out, you know and these Algerian women they're not they're not being forced to marry anyone. Mm-hmm. They are living in North London and working in coffee shops and buying halal meat and possibly getting married on yeah. Muslim Tinder, That's it, yeah. you know? So yeah that's that's like as far as a representation goes because that's what we know Mm. you
1: know Mm. and it's also that kind of special element to have that representation in the entire production process Mm. like it can feel very surface level as you said with the with the cocoa example where it's kind of like oh we're gonna do this thing Mm. or we're gonna write about this and there's no creative um, or professional kind of input Mm. from people who are actually there and yeah. living that so it's, it's really nice and positive to see that and to know that throughout the production of these plays from kind of the conception to the kind of final product that those voices have been have been present yeah. um so on that kind of exciting note how can listeners come and see the plays um, they're on at the Bunker Theatre, which is in Southwark and South London, and they're on
0: the 8th, 9th, 15th and 16th of September. We're doing it as a double bill, so Different Sand is on 7 to 8pm, and there's a little interval. Um, and then Willow is on 8.30 to 9.30pm, and you can either come to one for £10 or come to both, and it's only £15 to come, come to both
1: and like have a drink with us in between. Mm. And yeah, it should be a fun night. Excellent. And are there any kind of socials that you want to plug for Lemon House or the plays or yourselves? Mm-hmm. Let's do it, yeah. Um, so our Lemon House socials.
0: Um, Twitter is at Lemon House TC, and then Instagram and Facebook is just Lemon House Theatre. Um, but yeah, and then the link to tickets is on our site at LemonHouseTheatre.com or BunkerTheatre.com as well
1: that's it for this episode you've been listening to very women either on resonance 104.4 fm or on podcast you can listen to our archive on spotify apple acast and google and we have some extra shows on those channels over the break this episode was produced by myself and thank you both for coming on the show and for talking with us today um follow us on twitter and instagram at vlw radio and on facebook too that's it from us until next week Bye bye